Welcome, everybody. This is Lee Pinkham with the Find You Fitness Podcast. If you didn't read the title, what you're about to hear is part two of two of this fasting series. I hope everyone enjoyed last week's talk, and I hope that you were able to take away at least one thing from it. If you haven't listened to it yet, I strongly, strongly encourage you to hit pause on this one, hit play on the previous one, and then cue this bad boy up to play right afterwards. That's going to help you understand the direction that this week's episode is going to go in a lot, lot better, and it's going to be able to get you in the right mindset for it as well. And when I was looking at the numbers on last week's episode, I was like, so blown away it was probably over close to 200 percent more listens within the first week opposed to any other podcast that i've released so far and so what i've noticed and looking at the analytics for everything this is just kind of a side note kind of getting you in like a little bit of behind the scenes but for the analytics of the find you fitness podcast the most popular topics that seem to get the most people's attention is anything nutrition related and i mean i could probably have guessed that i don't i I love talking about nutrition i i will talk about it all the time but it's such a taboo subject that a lot of people get really defensive about it and it's not that i'm afraid to take that on because i hope that everyone is willing to you know have open dialogue about conversations and discussions like this but there's a saying that goes around i'm gonna butcher this but nutrition is like next to religion and politics as far as like how strongly people can feel about a certain style or approach because the reason is is you know i've had what works like amazing for me in my life you know becky's had what's worked great for her in her life and it's kind of hard for me to say hey becky i don't really like your approach when it worked for her and so if i'm getting some new viewer listeners i keep saying viewers if i keep if i'm getting some new listeners i kind of want to reiterate the the message of this podcast you know no matter what's out there no matter what it is for you know fitness or nutrition or life the most important thing is that you find what works well for you. And there's not going to be one universal answer to your diet and what you should do or what exercises you should do or what modalities you should do. There's not a perfect answer. And honestly, if there were perfect answers to everything, then like, do you think that people would be searching for an answer to that problem? Because they would already know it. The internet, you would Google how to get how to get fit how to get a six pack of abs and instead of a million different articles coming up with a million different answers to that there would just be one article that would pop up on google and it would give you the answer to everything you ever wanted to know but it's not that simple right and that's kind of what this podcast gets at is like hey there's a ton of options out there and i'm going to give you everything i know about every option out there and at the end of the day you need to be able to accumulate and use all that knowledge that i give you and that you get from the internet and other friends and people and your surroundings and formulate your own opinion and that's kind of the message of the podcast so the analytics were great on this one i'm really excited about this second one if you have any questions or anything that you want to comment on regarding this one as well as the last one shoot me a dm or shoot me a message and we'll talk i love to talk about this stuff So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and yeah, have fun. Okay, so last week, if you recall, I had said how there were two main points I wanted to hammer down when it came to fasting. Number one is how fasting is really nothing magical. It's not this amazing, perfect way to lose weight and solve all your problems. It's 
truly, it's just a tool for your tool belt. And it's meant to only be pulled out when you have a good understanding of your diet in the first place. If you don't know what a calorie is, then you shouldn't start fasting. If you think you need to incorporate fasting because some guy on the internet told you it's the only way to lose weight, yeah, you shouldn't start fasting. And lastly, because this is worth repeating, remember that calories in versus calories out is going to be the game changer for about 85, 90% of you. So if you're taking in less than you're consuming as far as uh, energy intake, you will lose weight. Now, with that said, it's still very possible to eat enough food to keep up with the energy that you're burning, even if you are fasting. But if you think that the fasting aspect is what is going to make you lose weight, yet you're only eating 800 calories a day during that window of feeding, then you've got it all wrong. You would be losing that weight because you're only eating 800 calories a day in that window. It doesn't matter if you're doing that spread out through 24 hours or within a six-hour window. You're not consuming. Uh, you're, you're burning more energy than you are in consuming food, which is energy intake. And if this is mind-blowing to you or you don't understand that or you, you didn't listen to part one last week, this is just another reason to hit pause and go do that. So now's your chance. But if you didn't hit pause, let's move past all the negatives of fasting and let's talk about some of the positives of it. Because there are plenty of positives and there is a reason why it is so popular other than just fat loss. So if you've got a great understanding and a hold on your diet, exercise, and sleep, then consider fasting as a serious addition to your tool belt. And over the years, I've tried about every different way to fast, and I'm going to take this time to share that with you all. So the very few, the first few times that I tried to fast, it was probably about four years ago, and it was definitely a, just a 16 hour. Or it was a 16 hour fast, so I had fasted for 16 hours, and then I ate my food within an eight-hour window. Honestly, the hardest part of it for me was not eating my usual breakfast of eggs and apple and a coffee. And if you follow me on Instagram, I randomly sometimes post the if you know, you know on my story. But it's because every single morning I eat an omelet, I eat an apple, and usually I used to eat oatmeal with it, and I stopped doing that. I used to do like an orange, I stopped doing that. So there's a few foods that, that kind of rotate in and out of my uh, breakfast regimen. And honestly, it's just because of either A, what I buy from the grocery store, and then B, if I just feel like making it or not. Uh, lately with my omelets, I've been throwing in sausage in it, and it's been amazing. Who knows if I'll keep that up. But for the very first fast, for me, that was like the hardest part. That was kind of the deal breaker to why I didn't do it before. And to be straight up with you guys, the reason why I don't fast as frequently now is because I like I love eating breakfast in the morning. I love waking up and cooking a breakfast. That's like my jam. That's my favorite thing to do. I haven't missed a day of that and I don't know how long. You could ask you can ask Hannah, my girlfriend. She will tell you all about the days I wake up at 6 a.m. just to cook a freaking omelet and eat an apple and drink some coffee. I absolutely love it. So that was the hardest part for me. It was was not eating my usual breakfast. I think I did the very first time, it was a 7 p.m to 12 p.m. fast. So basically, I ate my first meal at lunch. Basically, I kind of skipped breakfast and then ate at noon. And let's go ahead and talk about the very popular question, what breaks a fast? I'm going to give you my two cents on it. There's a ton of different opinions on this, and I encourage you to research them all. Don't just take mine in. You should look up 
uh, every other opinion out there and just kind of formulate your own. And because honestly, if you want to see science supporting that nothing or that anything besides water will break your fast or a calorie will break your fast, I'm sure you can research it and find it. If you want to research something saying that, hey, it's okay if you eat a little bit or drink a, drink your, a few calories, it's not going to break your fast. I'm sure you'll find research supporting that. My opinion, you know, just just suck it up and go without your coffee or go without your your mushroom tea or whatever whatever the hell you drink or whatever you eat. I mean, honestly, just just suck it up and not do it. If you feel like you can't function without having your morning coffee and believe me, I look, I I kind of think that way about myself. I I like to have coffee. Can I survive without it? I think so. But if you feel like there's something that you can't function without, then like, you know, is that an addiction? Like, can you not go one day without your coffee? I know that I could go one day without my coffee. Do I want to? Not necessarily. But that's the kind of question you have to pr propose to yourself here. And that's kind of what I look at with this whole fasting thing. People would say, oh, do I have to give up my coffee? Like, or, oh, I can drink coffee. It doesn't break a fast. You know, you know they're flirting with like, the, the boundaries of what breaks, what does and doesn't break a fast. And I mean, really just truly try to fast at this point, you know, we're probably just being nitpicky by, but what, why not just go without for the entire time, you know, while you're in that fasted state, just try to get the absolute maximum benefits of that fast. I don't really understand the purpose of trying to like shimmy your way around it I know that for me, when I think about, you know, oh man, I, you know, I would really like to, I don't know, drink some coffee while I'm fat. I don't really think like that, but I, I know that for me, I don't want to chance a single thing. I want to get the full maximum benefits of the fat fast, be all in with it. So hopefully that kind of clears that up. And you know what? You may not agree with it. Shoot me a message. Let's chat about it. Uh, you know, you may be able to shoot me some, hit me some hard research of why, um, you know, a calorie free is okay to break a fast. And all I would just say back is like, why risk it? Why chance it? Do you really need whatever you're trying to drink or eat like that bad? Like, do you really need it that bad? If so, then maybe you should just consider not finishing the fast, right? So for this first fast, I, like I said, 7 p.m. to 12 p.m. I mean, I remember at 12 p.m. I was pretty hungry, but Luckily, and I kind of planned this out, and I'll talk about this for the longer fast. You know, I was pretty busy leading up to noon, and therefore I was just pretty distracted. It's it's important to note that, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, I still ate the same amount of calories as I was eating before. Whether I had been in a maintenance or a surplus or a deficit, none of that had changed because I was fasting. So, like, you know, I honestly would eat my breakfast at noon. I mean, I, I would basically make up those calories. I just wouldn't eat them in the morning. I would eat them, you know, once I had that window of opportunity to eat. And like I was saying earlier, that's a mistake I think a lot of people make and saying, oh, fasting is what made me lose weight. And I'm kind of like, is it, was it fasting that made you lose weight or were you just eat weight or were you just eating less within that time block? And that would be okay if you're eating less within that time block, as long as you're consuming enough calories, you know, like, I don't want you eating only 500 a day. And then, you know, if that's your goal, if you're trying to be in a deficit, 
then yeah, you can shed a few calories, but don't drop it down to 500 and then don't credit fasting for the reason for you losing weight when in reality, what it caused you to do was it just puts you in a calorie deficit. I hope that makes sense to you guys. So at first, I just did like one or two, uh, the 16, eight hour, the 16 hours fasted in the eight hour window. Um, I only did like two, two of those fast a week. And that was that. And, and in all honesty, I, I felt the same. I don't really think it impacted me at all until I ran my first 24 hour fast. After I took several goes at that 16 and eight, I realized that, you know, I could probably do an entire day without eating if I plan accordingly. The, so the very first time I did my 24, my first 24 hour fast, I fasted from 1 PM to 1 PM. And honestly, the time, the reason why I picked that time is because I thought strategically, you know, I could eat enough food in the morning to 1 p.m. to kind of last me throughout the whole day. And then the next day I could basically just like suck it up before and suck it up until 1 p.m. So what I did for the day, I was going to start fasting at 1. I made sure I got my workout done in the morning and I ate all my calories the day before 1 p.m. Yeah, And yes, I ate all of them, which is like 2,500. I didn't mind it. I like to eat. <laughs> I didn't want to try to work out in a fasted state for my first full day, just for my first full fast day fast. Ugh, I can't talk just to err on like the side of caution. I didn't want to come basically and work out at 5 p.m. the day of my fast and then get home and be like, man, I really want to eat. I feel like I should eat. Or, you know, if I had a lot of if I did a lot of work and I was basically like begging for food. So I didn't want to risk that. And and, you know, looking back, though, like, I think I would have been fine. But I think it was good not to do it for the first time as well. And it really wasn't that difficult until later at night when I was starting to get pretty hungry, which is just really, it's like the 9 p.m., 8 p.m. munchies, whatever time you get your munchies. I mean, like, you get the munchies and you're like, man, I would love to a freaking Pop-Tart or something like that. But, like, you can hold off. And that's a lot of just the mental battle that you have to face. And, and so, yeah, so obviously I held strong and then 10 a.m. to about 11 a.m. the next day, I was, I was looking forward to 1 p.m. I'm not going to lie. And my reasoning for that 24 hour fast, I really wanted, first of all, just to experience it. And also for a change of pace, you know, being that I do eat so much every day and I eat anywhere, and this is completely honest from three to 4,000 calories. I want to be able to like halt that for a while and let my entire system just just rest and, and reset and see how my body coped with it. I think the biggest takeaway from my first full day fast was that when I started getting hunger signals from my body, I wasn't actually in desperate need of food. I just was craving it. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. The next time I did a full day fast from 1 p.m. to 1 p.m. again, I tried working out the morning while in a fasted state, so about 18 to 20 hours or so into the fast. And now, I remember struggling to get motivated to do anything, and it's not because I was weak like from food. I mean, I was definitely in the mood to eat, but once I started moving and working out, I felt like so zoned in and, and attentive to everything I was doing. It was such an awesome feeling. So for about the next six months, I incorporated a 24-hour fast about once or twice a month. And another thing, talking about feeling zoned in and like just like hyper aware and 
just ready to rock and roll. So after that experience that I had with a great workout the next morning, and honestly, I don't necessarily want you to try this. I think you have to be very self-aware if you're going to try to work out in the fastest state after it's been 18, 20 hours of a fast. Uh, but that's going to be a uh, the the answer to that question is going to be how well do you know your body and if you can understand that eh, maybe I shouldn't work out or a eh, maybe I can do this. But what I did one time because I was so hyper aware and I just felt so in the zone in that workout, I was like, you know what? Let me try. I had an exam and I was like, let me just try fasting into the exam. And honestly, I had the same exact effect. Now, here's where things get a little dicey. Was it the fast that made me feel attentive and zoned in? Or did I have such a good experience with working out in a fastest state the first time because I just felt so zoned in? And like, was it the fast that did that? Or was I just like feeling good? And regardless if it's a placebo or effect or not, I mean, it did work for the exam. I was feeling zoned in. I was feeling ready to rock and roll. Like I was just like nothing could distract me. I was it was awesome. Now, that's what I'm saying is, was that a placebo effect or was it sort of like the results of fasting? Um, they say that fasting can do that for you. It can felt, help you feel more zoned in or like in zone, ready to rock and roll, ready to go, uh, more attentive, hyper aware. And I mean, from my experiences, I can say it does, uh, but it's just something to question as well. It's just in the back of my mind. Was it that or was it a placebo? Now... I think the biggest takeaway, and I mentioned this just a few minutes ago, I got away from all of this, was was being able to examine my relationship with food. Now, truthfully, I wasn't in that much of need for food as I thought I would be. I hate to even say this on a podcast because I, I don't want you to get the wrong impression, but yes, I did feel leaner. Did I lose weight? I don't know, maybe, <laughs> but I was still consuming all the food that I would eat within a 24-hour period no matter what. And I know this because I track my nutrition every single day. And the relationship with food, I, like let's let's harp on that for another second here. You know, first of all, I think you need to be very aware of your relationship with food before you start fasting. Um, if and and by relationship with food, let, let's try to define that here. So, food. There's always foods that we can and can't eat, right? Because they make us feel a certain way. And I can't think of a better way to relate this. And I, it's kind of funny. But spicy foods, it makes me it makes me poop. Like, it, it gives me spicy poops. And the thing with that is, do I like spicy food? I mean, it's all right. I can't do really hot. I can't do really spicy. But if I'm at Chipotle... And I'm and I'm starting to crave some of the hot salsa, which is about as hot as I go, if, if that tells you how weak I am. But if I'm craving some hot salsa from Chipotle, and I'll get a little bit on it, and that's enough to just absolutely wreck my stomach. So naturally, that should tell me, hey, don't eat that because it makes you feel bad, right? And unfortunately, a lot of people don't connect foods with, you know, what what they end up making them feel like. And so I have a certain someone and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call her out, but donuts, all the sugar, they make her poop. And whenever she eats a donut, it she just feels it basically go right through her. Does she eat donuts? Occasionally. Does she know it's gonna happen? Yeah. But a lot of people don't even put that like two and two together in that aspect. They don't say, man, like 
it's so, you know, a lot of times they're thinking like, it's the weirdest thing. I eat a donut and poop. And then they like eat, shove down four more donuts down their throat. And they don't have any sort of like relationship with understanding of the food that they're consuming and how it makes them feel. And obviously to move away from the, the poop talk, you know, food makes us feel a certain way. And at a certain point, we become so used to the way that food makes us feel that maybe we think it's normal. I can honestly tell you guys, now that I've been on, like, my diet now is probably 80 to 85% healthy. And whole foods, I don't really consume much junk. I like to eat a Pop-Tart now and then. Uh, I like some chocolate milk. And I like wheat thins. But the thing is, is like, if I have a day where I don't do this, I, God, I, I can't do this anymore. But if I had like fast food, like McDonald's, which is absolutely disgusting to me now, even though I used to love it. Uh, like if I eat like McDonald's for lunch, I had a big pizza from a, a restaurant down the street uh, at night. And maybe that morning for breakfast, I went out and got you know a bunch of French toast and waffles. I'd be straight up with you guys. I would feel like absolute shit. But a lot of people, that's like just that's a daily routine for them. And they don't know how that food makes them feel because they're so used to it. And when you start to consume healthier foods and foods that are good for you, you start to realize, hey, man, this is the weirdest thing. I ate an apple the other day and I felt great. Like it's stuff like that. But people don't don't really create that relationship with it. And honestly, um, this is giving me an idea. I think this would be a great podcast in itself just to talk about the relationship with food. I'm going to write that down right now. So let's, uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's keep going with the fasting stuff. So once I got a little bit braver with the 24 hour fast and it really wasn't that big of a deal. And last thing about that 24 hour fast, you know, Start it and start it when you want. Obviously, end it when uh, 24 hours later. But start the fast when you feel like is the most opportune time for you to to do the fast. So, if like, for example, I did 1 p.m. to 1 p.m. You know what that let me do? It let me eat my breakfast in the morning, at least the one morning, and it let me eat so much food during the day. And honestly, the hardest part for me is late night cravings, and so it allowed me to get so much. In throughout the day to where I was like, ah, I'll be good for the rest of the day. I ate a lot of food this morning. If I would have started at 10 a.m., like I, mentally I would have been like, you know, do I eat all my food in the morning, like between 6 and 10 a.m.? And then I got to go the whole day. At least the next morning will be quick. But the whole day sounds way more daunting to me than like basically three, two, three-fourths of a day in, in a way. Um, so there's not a best time to do your fast or anything like that. So once I got a little bit braver, I experimented with some longer fast. With a, I went first with a 30-hour fast, and you know, so that would have been 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. And then I did a 48-hour fast. Now, those were a little tricky, and mainly it was because of the mental barrier I had to face. When the clock hit a full 24 hours, I realized mentally I, I went an entire day without consuming anything but water. No, I didn't drink my mushroom tea or coffee or whatever, whatever Google told you breaks a fast. Mentally, that was that was pretty damn tough. I'm not going to lie. I stuck to that 1 p.m. start time and, you know, 30 hours into the fast, my first 40 hour, 48 hour fast. I mean, I was at 7 p.m. and 
the so when I did the 30 hour fast, it was kind of nice because at 7 p.m. like that was dinner, man. I just feasted and I feasted on good food, a food that's like I'm not going to go feast on a pizza from Domino's. That's kind of like it's kind of pointless in a way. Um, but I feasted on food. That's for sure. I, and you know what I probably honestly did was probably ate my breakfast, my normal breakfast at 7 p.m. because I would totally do that. But after that one, and I was going for those 48-hour fasts, I was like, hey, you know what? I could bypass the 7 p.m. dinner. I could stay strong and just make it to tomorrow to get that 48-hour fast in. So by the time 1 p.m. came back around, you know, I felt super refreshed and just like feeling great. Was I hungry? Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I felt like reset in a way, if that makes sense. So... From my experience, just setting up a 16, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but just setting up a 16 or 24 hour or longer fast, it takes some serious planning. And I know that's what a lot of you guys are probably thinking about right now. If you're actually thinking about incorporating a fast, you know, the thought goes through your mind. I can't plan that, right? I've got to eat. Well, I'll be honest. It was a lot easier when I was in college, when I was an undergrad, I would have a three-hour break in the middle of the day so I could go to my morning classes, come back, and eat to break my fast. And at the time you start the fast, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Don't get caught up in that. And and it, it's about what works best for you in reality. Um, I mean, there's popular ones because it's like, like probably works for majority of the population as far as like, like the 5 p.m. to 9 a.m., it's a 16-hour fast. It's super common. You tend to see that one the most. And the reason is, is you, you can eat all your food for the day by 5 p.m., stay strong, resist the cravings at night, and sleep through most of the fast, wake up at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. for a nice breakfast. You'll realize that it, is, it isn't that hard. I mean, you're sleeping for majority of the fast. If you're like a late-night cookie monster, then the hours of 8 p.m. on is going to be your toughest battle. For the longer fast of 24 hours, I started at 1 p.m. because that was late enough in the day I could distract myself for several hours via school or the gym or work to avoid any cravings from boredom. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're on the home stretch by that point. So as for times, you really have to figure out what works best into your schedule. If you don't have a break until 12 p.m., uh, which is the common typical lunchtime, you can try to fast from 8 p.m. to 12 p.m. That way you can eat a nice, healthy lunch to break your fast. I remember for my full-day fast, I would actually start cooking about 30 to 45 minutes before the fast ended, uh, partially because this would kill some time and partially so I could feast right at 1 p.m. It just took some planning on my part. Now, I'm well aware that with the current times with this COVID-19, fasting may be the hardest thing in the world for you to do. Considering most of us are eating everything in sight and we're always at home, so the food is always there. Uh, but if you can hold off on your food while you're at home all day, you know, that's pretty badass in itself. So another thing, uh, let me bring this up really fast because it's on my mind. You know, breaking your fast, I mentioned it. Breaking your fast needs to be done with a healthy meal. If you're going to go order a Domino's pizza and eat it right at the buzzer, that's stupid. I mean, it's it's kind of like your body is like 
wanting to be nourished, nourished. It's wanting to be fed. It feels like it's ready to go. Give it everything you've got. And then you shove a pizza and Coca-Cola down your throat. I mean, does that really sound like a good idea? Does that really sound like what your body wants? Your mind, your brain may want it, but does your body want it? That's just something, to me, it's always been pretty straightforward. It's like, okay, obviously, I'm not going to eat a pizza to break my fast, but a lot of people don't understand that. And I also think a lot of those people that break their fast with anything shouldn't be fasting in the first place because they don't have a, a good relationship with their nutrition. But that's what part one of this podcast was about, so... Uh, another, uh, I guess, way I've used fasting in the past is uh, a little bit more strategically. About a week ago, or about a week ago, about a week before my CrossFit competition last summer, I did a Friday workout that I didn't know it, but Saturday morning I woke up and it just blew my right shoulder up. I mean, I, I was perfectly fine that whole day Friday, but when I woke up Saturday morning, I legitimately could not lift my arm. It was the weirdest thing. And I was low-key freaking out. And I was thinking of how could I maximize my recovery so I could still compete compete the next weekend. Obviously, yeah, I took the next few days of training off. I maximized my sleep and my nutrition. But what I did was that I incorporated two 16-hour fast days. And Reason being is fasting has been proven to help reduce things like inflammation in the body. And so I figured, why not? There's nothing lost in me fasting. I'm still going to consume enough food. I have a competition. I need to be well-fed and I need to be energized and ready to go for this. And so if it helps, then awesome. And then, then if it didn't help, I was like, what did I lose? I'm still consuming enough food. You know, I, like, there's nothing really to lose here. So after those two days of fasting... You know, my shoulder was perfectly fine. Now, just like earlier, was it the fast? I doubt it was just that. I mean, I did everything. I did any kind of uh, uh, rehab to it, uh, just stretching, taking it easy, because, I mean, I was kind of cranking up my training. But was it just the fast? I doubt it. Could it have helped? Absolutely. But that's just another way that I use fasting as a tool in my tool belt. And... One last thing I want to get at before I wrap this all up. You know, fasting is a very, very easy tool to implement. You just don't eat for a period of time. <laughs> Maybe the idea of not eating within a certain window is going to help you fight cravings and make wiser choices with your food. You know, I know a bunch of people that have had success with fasting because of that. So sometimes at this point is where the, well, you know, you don't have to have a perfect relationship with food to to have to fast. And I'm, no, you don't have to have a perfect relationship with food. But should you be aware, should you be uh, cognizant of how food makes you feel and how much you're consuming in a day and why you're fasting instead of just saying, well, you know, I need to lose like five pounds, so I'm going to fast. You know, it's, it's a huge difference between the two. All right, so I want to conclude all of this and and sum all of this up from part one and part two. So if you're willing to try to fast for the options that 
I mentioned in part one of this podcast, like controlled blood sugar levels, fat loss, what else? Lower inflammation, increased brain cell growth, lower risk of cancer, lower blood pressure, better cholesterol ratios, then by all means, fast. But don't use it as a sole method to lose weight. And if that's your mindset going into fasting, then please, I just beg of you to take a step back and just readdress your approach to how you're going to lose weight. Because there's a billion better reasons to fast than just weight loss. Fasting solely for, for weight loss is just not the move unless you have your nutrition absolutely dialed in. You know exactly what you're doing. And unfortunately, that's hardly the case for the most people. And as for what breaks a fast, I said it here. Yeah, who freaking cares? Just don't eat anything for the fasting period. Don't try to work around it and find something. Just don't eat and drink only water. As for what you should break a fast with, reward your body with a nice, healthy, hearty meal. And finally, this is the biggest one, I think. Do not recommend fasting to others without looking to understand their nutrition history first. Remember that just because something worked for you does not mean it's going to work for them. And that one really goes out to my trainers and doctors and future doctors out there. If someone walks into your clinic with an eating disorder, do you really think you're going to recommend fasting right away? Oh God, I hope not. That would just be strengthening their belief that not eating equals weight loss among just that they already have a terrible relationship with food and you need to work on reestablishing a healthy relationship with the food that they consume and just kind of everything. So I hope that you guys all enjoyed this two-part series. If you would like me to dive in on these hot button topics more, just ask. Uh, There's plenty of great information out there already, but I'm always down to give my unbiased two cents, you know, opinion on it all. Hopefully you all realize that what I'm doing is just exposing you to new methods, new modalities, and finding an easy way to explain it. That way you can just see the purpose behind it all. And that way you can develop your own opinion on everything. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. And also, please share this podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you took something away from it, just share it on anything. Instagram story, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, Twitter. Literally, I don't think you guys understand uh, how much I appreciate even the simplest of shares. It goes such a long ways for the podcast. It gets it out to maybe one person who hasn't heard it that probably needs to hear it. And for that, I thank you guys for doing that. Until next week, I'll see you then.